0: I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another wonderful day in the Lord's neighborhood and to another episode of Coffee, the Bible, and Page. Where I, Paige, your caffeine imbued host, mm, continues his journey through the book of Judges. Uh, in the beginning, coffee. And lo, it was very, very good. Today, we're going to continue our jaunt Judges, as I said. Uh, Deborah is the judge of Israel, a woman judge. She not only adjudicated, but uh, they're conflicts within Israel, but she was also a prophet of the Lord. So I just don't want to hear it from some of you folks out there who think that women shouldn't have a leadership role in the church and thinks a woman can't be a prophet and thinks that a woman can't lead. Hmm. Deborah would dare to differ with you. So all that nonsense aside, chapter five is like a recap of chapter 4 Where Deborah And her general Defeated the people Who had uh, Who were bullying Israel And there's some Amazing little details That come out In her uh, Song that she writes And sings That uh, I hadn't noticed before So we'll chat about that um, Again remember this, this is me Thinking with my mouth open uh, I've been doing that Since I was born in 1956 So So What I'm going to share today again, please know this is not me trying to be a super duper Bible teacher. This is me having my daily devotional. This is me reading a passage of scripture and asking myself, God, what can you show me about you? And what can you show me about me? Because the Bible is like a mirror. The Bible reflects us back to us and gives us insight into our heart. And the process of doing all of this, it's a cleansing. You know, the, the New Testament is a phrase being washed through the washing of the water of the word. Um, it's like the Old Testament laver in the tabernacle uh, the priest would go up to. It was made out of mirrors and they'd see the reflection and they'd wash their hands and feet before going to minister to the Lord or before going out and ministering to the non-priest. It was an essential part. In fact, it was a linch key. Linch key? Linchpin. piece of furniture in the whole tabernacle. The priest couldn't do anything until they went there. So the Word plays a really important part in our lives, and it plays an important part of my life. So this whole uh, coffee, Bible, and page thing is just me going to the Word, dipping my hands and feet into it, washing myself, letting the Word cleanse me, and letting the Word reflect back to me what I need to know. So having said that let's get started uh, judges chapter 5 On that day that is the day that the king their enemies was defeated Deborah and Barak son of Abinoam sang this song When the princes in Israel when the princes in Israel take the lead When the people willingly offer themselves praise the Lord Hear this you kings listen you rulers I even I will sing to the Lord i will praise the lord the god of israel in song when you lord went out from seir when you marched from the land of edom the earth shook the heavens poured the clouds poured down water the mountains quaked before the lord the one of sinai before the lord the god of israel in the days of shamgar son of anath in the days of jael the highways were abandoned travelers took to winding paths villagers in israel would not fight They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose a mother in Israel. God chose new leaders when war came to the city gates, but not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with Israel's princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. You who ride in white donkeys, sitting on your saddle blankets, you who walk along the road, consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They recite the victories of the Lord, the victories of his villagers in Israel. Then the people of the Lord went down to the city gates. Wake up, wake up, Deborah, wake up, wake up, break out in song, arise, Barak, take captive your captives, son of Abinuam. The remnant of the nobles came down. The people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. Some came from Ephraim, whose roots were in Amalek, Benjamin was with the people who followed you. "'From captains, came down. "'From Zebulun, those who bear commander's staff. "'The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. "'Yes, Issachar was with Barak. "'Sent under his command into the valley "'in the districts of Reuben, "'there was much searching of heart. "'Why did you stay among the sheep-pens? "'To hear the whistling for the flocks. "'In the districts of Reuben, "'there was much searching of heart. "'Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. "'And Dan, why did he linger by the ships?' Asher remained on the coast, and stayed in his coast. The people of Zebulun risked their very lives, so did Naphtali on the terraced fields. Kings came, they fought. The kings of Canaan fought. At Tanakh, by the waters of Megiddo, they took no plunder of silver. From the heavens the stars fought. From their courses they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away. The age-old river, the river Kishon. March on, my soul, be strong. Then thundered the horses' hooves. Galloping, galloping, go as mighty steeds. "'Curse Meroz,' said the angel of the Lord. "'Curse its people bitterly, "'because they did not come to help the Lord, "'to help the Lord against the mighty. "'Most blessed of, woman, of women be Jael, "'the wife of Heber the Kenite. "'Most blessed of tent-dwelling women. "'He asked for water. "'She gave him milk. "'In a bowl fit for nobles, "'she brought him curdled milk. "'Her hand reached for the tent peg, "'her right hand for the workman's hammer. "'She struck Sisera. "'She crushed his head.' She shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank. He fell. There he lay. At her feet he sank. He fell. And where he sank, there he fell. Dead. Through the window peered Sisera's mother. Behind the lattice she cried out, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answer her. Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, Are they not finding and dividing the spoils? A woman or two for each man. Colorful garments is plunder for Sisera. Colorful garments embroidered. Highly embroidered garments for my neck. All this is plunder. So may all your enemies perish, Lord. May all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land had peace for 40 years. 40 years. Mm. All right, couple thoughts. couple, couple thoughts. First of all, uh, the one thing thought that uh, jumped out at me, uh, verse four here. Let me pull, get this up here again. Verse four, where it says, "When you Lord went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the cl- clouds poured down water, the mountains quaked." Uh, so this she's talking about the day, of the, the the beginning of the battle. And apparently there was a storm. There's a lot of water, flood perhaps. And it says, uh, let's see, coming down here. Where are we at here? Verse 20, from the heavens, the stars fought. The river Kishon swept them away. Verse 21. Well, see, the king that was bullying Israel brought his chariots to this valley. And Israel was had the high ground, and apparently there was uh, a flood that washed them away, much like what happened to the Pharaoh's army uh, when uh, Moses and the Pharaoh were having their conflict. So the Lord was fighting for Israel. I thought that was interesting. And an old preacher I used to work with once said that God will use the ordinary, unless the extraordinary is called for. Well, the chariots that this enemy king had were a powerful force, and Israel didn't really have an answer for that. So God had an answer for that. He did with them like what he did with the Pharaoh's chariots and, and cavalry, and uh, basically just either drowned them in the flood or mired their their chariots in the in the mud. Uh, so that uh, their advantage was taken off the table, and Israel was able to defeat. so I thought that was interesting. sometimes um, sometimes only God can do something. and I know that sounds silly, but sometimes we're faced with things in our in our life where it's out of our control. We really we, we don't have anything that we can bring to the table. Uh, in Ephesians, it talks about the uh, the armor of God, and the picture given is, is Ephesians chapter 6. And it talks about the soldier with the armor of God who's fighting against principalities and powers. And it says, And having done all to stand, the picture is of a soldier that is exhausted to the point of barely being able to lift his sword up. He has fought, he has fought, he has fought, He's exhausted beyond measure, and it's all he can do to stand. And it's at that point that victory comes to that soldier. The picture in my mind is uh, that of a Roman soldier who would not bow his neck to his enemy. If you're going to kill a Roman soldier, you're going to you're going to be eyeball to eyeball with him. He would not bow his neck to you. You you might kill him but he wasn't going to bow his neck and give it to you you'll have to take it they were a very uh, they were a very powerful fighting force the roman legionnaires and the picture in sick in chapter 6 of ephesians is of a soldier who has done all he can do and yet he still stands in the face of the enemy there's there's times in my life when Things were totally, completely out of my control. There was nothing I could do. Uh, the thought comes to mind uh, when a Hurricane Hugo was battering Charleston and a tornado came out of the backside of it and was we heard it coming to onto our house. It, it sounds like a freight train. And we could feel the air being sucked out of our house. We could hear the roof being torn. like sounded like paper being ripped away. And my son... Elementary school-aged son says, Daddy, please make it stop. Please make it stop. I have never felt more helpless in all my life. There was absolutely nothing I could do. Um, I didn't have the power to stop a tornado. But God did. And I prayed. I did all I could do. I prayed. A short little prayer. Dear God, Your word says, by grace am I saved through faith. Now would be good. And the tornado lifted, went over the top of my house, came down on the other side and continued its path. That's a picture of the power of God. And that's part of what probably Israel experienced here in this battle. They had no answer to the chariots, the armed chariots. They had no answer for that. And if God didn't do something about those chariots, they probably would have lost. But God did do something. He brought a flood took care of him. Israel was able to defeat that king. Now, that's one thought. The other thing that surprised me is that not all of Israel showed up to fight when Deborah sent out the call for battle. All right, let's look at starting with verse 14. Some came from Ephraim, whose roots were in Amalek. Benjamin was with the people who followed you. From Maker, captains came down. From Zebulun, those who bear a commander's staff. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak. Sent under his command into the valley. In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Now this is, you might I might want to read this like this. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak. Sent under his command into the valley. But... In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Why did you stay among the sheep pens? To hear the whistling for the flocks? In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, why did he linger by his ships? Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. The people of Zebulun risked their very lives. So did Naphtali in the terraced fields. Kings came, they fought. The kings of Canaan fought, etc. All right, so the point is, is that not everybody in Israel showed up to answer the call. That puzzled me. It's like how soon they forget. A couple generations previous, they had been this incredible, powerful nation doing a wholesale movement into the land that God had promised Abraham. And within a couple generations, they had split up into these little city-states like the way it used to be before they even showed up, where every city was its own little kingdom and had its own little kings. And uh, they they were, at best, a very loose confederation of tribes. They were separating, going their own ways. And when Deborah gave the call... Not everybody showed up. Now, it begs the question, to me it does anyway, why? Why didn't they show up? I can think with my mouth open because, well, that's what I do. I'm wondering if it was because in this patriarchal patriarchal society, I'm wondering if the fact that God had appointed a woman as judge, de facto leader of Israel, if that was a problem with some people, I'm wondering if in this patriarchal society that it bothered people that Deborah was the chief prophet of her generation and the leader of the nation, the judge, the arbiter. I don't know. It's just, that, that that's the thought that's bouncing around inside my head. And, and that might be colored by the fact that that's an issue in today's culture, in our church. What role should women have in the church? Um, all I'm going to, I'm going to leave this on the table and I'm going to walk away from it because this is a discussion for another moment, another time. The heroes of this era in Israel's history was Deborah and JL, the wife of the traitor who betrayed Israel to the Canaanite king. She was the one who drove the peg through the Canaanite king's general's head and killed him. The heroes of this tale are two women, one of them not even an Israelite woman. Isn't that, does that strike you in any way, shape, or form? It does me. And I'd look at today's church, how fragmented we are, Now, sometimes we fuss with each other and we we don't support each other. Different denominations are kind of like the different tribes of Israel. You know, we're, we're related to each other. It's a loose confederation. But not everybody rises to the challenge when one part of our family is challenged, like maybe... Uh, some parts of the world, the government is actually shutting down churches. Um, do Christians come to the battle? Do Christians answer the call to defend their brothers and sisters? I'll leave that. I'll put that in your court to think about. But I see some parallels here in the fact that they came into this new promised land as a juggernaut. And within a couple of generations, they're fragmented to the point that when God's appointed prophet and leader for the nation puts out a call for battle some don't show again that's that's a, just another I just I see this as a representation of what man's man's heart man's spirit we're 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 sinful creatures that's our nature and our nature is not to jump to answer God's call Man's nature is to be in opposition with God. Even as believers, we fight that, don't we? You know, I I have some Christian brothers and sisters who are in the Catholic Church. I have some other brothers and sisters who would even deny that my Catholic brethren are my brothers and sisters. There, I have friends of mine who uh, are Pentecostal holiness people. Then I have other friends of mine on the other side of the spectrum, who won't even consider them brothers and sisters. It's like, you see the fractured way that our church operates today sometimes. I'm using the church in a universal sense. Um, so I see that in this. And I see in this story the fact that the two heroes are two women in a patriarchal society. It's pretty amazing. Um I I know that in the New Testament there were prophetesses, prophets, women prophets, that there were women leaders in churches in the first century, and I know that there's a debate going on about what form this leadership a woman should take. Well, I can tell you that Deborah was the leader of Israel. She was the chief prophet in Israel. She was the chief judge in Israel. She led Israel. She was the de facto top person at the leadership pyramid. And I'm of the firm opinion that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am of the opinion that God has not changed the way he does things from Adam till now. That God has always been and responded the same way. It's always been grace. It's always been mercy. It's always been his choices. The the supernatural, the, the transcendent, the sovereign God makes choices. It's always been that way. And if that is indeed the case, and I'm holding to it as if it were, because that's what I feel and think. If that's the case, then... If God could take Deborah, and make her put her at the top of the leadership pyramid in Israel, I see no problem with women having top leadership positions in a church. That's going to get me in trouble with some folks, but so be it. Uh, it's what I think. It's my podcast. That's where I go with it. And but these are the thoughts that are going around in my head. Um, certain tribes in Israel did not answer the call to battle. Ah, oh, that hurts. That hurts. Certain Christians today don't come to the aid of other Christians because they're of different tribes, if you will. That hurts. Um, so what What all do I get out of all of this? What do I apply to Paige? I don't want to be like Gilead or Dan, or Reuben, who did not answer the call when God called his people to action. I don't want to be like that. I want my heart, and this is my prayer, God, make my heart the heart that responds when you put out a call for action. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that's going to look like. But there was no doubt that Deborah put out a call that there was a need for her people to throw off the chains of bondage by this other king who was a bully. And I I can't think of anything right now off the top of my head that would be a parallel of that situation in today's church. But I know this. I want my heart not to be like Gilead and Dan and Asher and Reuben. I want to... Answer his call when the call goes out. And sometimes the call to service might come from an unexpected source. Here it was a woman, the leader of Israel, Deborah, a judge, a prophet. Mm. She ordered Barak the general into battle, she was in charge. So, dear God, please make my heart to see when you are giving a call. Let me not be like those who turned away. Let me be like those who answered the call and defeated Israel's enemies. Like I said, I don't know what that looks like in today's world. But there's stuff there to think about, don't you think? I do. Well, that's enough for today, I'm thinking. The heroes of the story today, two women. The downside of the story, not everybody in Israel answered the call. Lord, don't let me be like that. This is Paige. Here's my coffee. Folks, I'm out of here. Have a great day. Bye-bye. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither should my thoughts be your thoughts. You need to think for yourself.